0: So Jay isn't here today, but I am joined by two lovely American guests, (laughs) Chris and Stephanie. Do you want to introduce yourself quickly?
1: Sure. I'm Stephanie. I've been living in Berlin since January, and I'm an American married to a German.
0: And you wrote an email saying thanks for the podcast, I want to be on it. And (laughs) (laughs) explain how that works, being married to a German.
1: Yeah, we. I love the podcast. It's been really helpful in my transition here. And I wrote in saying, we've experienced visa applications in the US and now in Germany. And it was interesting to compare the two. And I thought I would just share and see if I could help anyone that's going through the same thing.
0: That's awesome. And then Chris we work together. And I was like, hold on, Chris, you are also married to a German. <laughs> Would
2: you care to join us? Exactly. And uh, yeah, as you said, I'm also married to a German. I moved um, to just outside Berlin in uh, July of 2020. So I've been here a couple of years now. And um, yeah, went through f- like, perhaps a similar process. Um, and yeah, it's a Good to be moved into Berlin and uh, yeah,
1: yeah, you have a couple years on, couple
2: years, (laughs) still in some ways feel like we're getting settled,
1: sure, sure. Yeah,
2: before we start
0: talking about the whole marriage thing and how that works and compares to the US and all that, you, Stephanie, had some very keen observations in Uh, your email. Oh boy, I'm pulling up the email about just things that you're noticing now that you're in berlin Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i think the first thing i mentioned was like fashion or something was that i think
0: hold on let me look at your email fashion what about fashion
1: well so i'm from oklahoma in the u.s which is very casual very country (laughs) um dressing up as like jeans and cowboy boots and i feel like you might see that in berlin too but um I don't know. I, I was really struck by the sort of um, uh, personality that people had when they dressed here. Um, you have like a an all black style, and then you have maybe like a crazy fashionista style, and then you have like very practical, like you know, outdoor type gear. And I don't know. It was just interesting to observe all of that as a coming from a very casual clothing. State. <laughs> but it's
0: interesting because maybe I, I don't know the exact definition of casual, but my impression was always that Berlin is basically defined as anything goes in terms of fashion. Hmm. Right?
1: Think, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I think there's certainly things you can wear that might make you maybe fit in a little more.
0: Like wearing all black. Right. That's the Berlin like blending in style. Exactly,
1: exactly. So I guess there's a certain thing that you can wear that does make you sort of like fit the trends. But I feel like in Berlin, people are always wanting to not fit in the trends. Mm-hmm. So there's maybe some nuance there.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel in like this is... Absolutely, I, I feel the same way. Is Is Oklahoma considered part of the Midwest? I'm from Indiana, so... <sighs> Like this I feel like Oklahoma's is debate. Line. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think Oklahoma is technically the plains or the south. Okay. Um but
2: yeah. But I I imagine Oklahoma compared to Indiana is very similar fashion-wise maybe. We're sure. not so fashion forward like any of the coasts and Right. Yeah, I had very similar observations. Like Berlin feels like it's a place where anything goes, like anybody can dress however they want. The default might be black. Like, if you want to blend in, just wear black. If you want to try to stand out, anything goes. Like, you won't be judged.
0: Yeah, that's the point. You can can stand out, but you won't be judged. Like, there are people wearing outfits that in other places in Germany would turn
2: heads. Where in Berlin, everybody's just like, whatever. Or whatever floats your boat.
1: Right, right.
2: I feel like... I don't know. My friends in the States make fun of me for being like this like typical Midwest guy who wears stuff from like Kohl's. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like which, <laughs> What's Kohl's? I, Kohl's is like, like a really boring... Yeah. Is it the equivalent store? of C and A in German? I haven't been there. Maybe, maybe.
1: you're like... Ernsting's family. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. more... Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I feel like in a way, in a place where anybody can wear anything, this is the one thing that really stands out where you're like, what, what's this guy? Like, uh, American dad or something like this. Well, like, you are an American dad, so I think that's
0: fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what what's the... um bottom line here Did, have you changed your style of clothing
1: I think I have a little bit I'll say that I think I'm a little more aware of what I'm wearing not so much because I'm worried that I'll stand out or something but more it's just kind of interesting here and so I can experiment with fashion a little more than maybe I would have in the U.S.
0: it's interesting how going to a different place does that I look back at pictures of me being in the U.S. as an exchange student uh-huh. and I was wearing like Jeans jackets, <laughs> which I, I think the U.S. did to me, like jeans are such a thing. <laughs> and I was just like, sure, je- like jeans pants, jeans jacket, let's just make it all jeans. And that now I'm like, why did I do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think technically jeans and the jacket are called a Canadian tuxedo. So oh, maybe that's it. A... yeah, anyway, Yeah.
0: Canadian yeah. tuxedo. Okay, I found your email. Uh, Point number two, how to attend a house party or gathering. It seems common, common, can I read your email on the air? It seems common to greet everybody by shaking their hand, even if it takes a really long time. (laughs) Bringing something with you, smoking is fine, always taking off shoes, planning many weeks in advance.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I've observed um, so because I'm married to a German, I've been to a lot of family gatherings and such. and um one thing I notice is everyone really takes the time to greet every single person. I guess I've heard sometimes you can like knock on the table or something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> okay, but to that's, speed up the process, I guess
0: It's a really good distinction. I think, yes, especially at a family gathering or if it's like close friends, you do greet everybody. and okay. depending on the type of relationship, You shake hands or you hug.
1: Right. Okay.
0: And the knocking on the table kind of thing is if the group is really big already and they're all seated around a table and it would be kind of hard to reach them all. And also you're not that close to them. Then you can just come in and say, hello, everybody. But it's definitely like more respectful to greet everybody. Yeah, Is yeah. Is that not how it's done in other places?
2: <laughs> how do I they mean, do it in Indiana?
1: <laughs> yeah, what's your thoughts?
2: I mean, it, it definitely depends on, like, what type of gathering you're talking about. I think, I mean, even with my family gatherings in the States, it wasn't so formal. Like, I think people notice that you arrive, and they're like, okay, he's here or she's here. Like, I'll get around to saying hello at some point, but, right. like, don't need to, like, interrupt Mm -hmm. things in order to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, but the knocking on the table that's a really efficient like you know
1: yeah very way of uh, announcing (laughs) yeah i think in the u.s maybe it's more important that you say goodbye to everyone Mm. so maybe yeah you just sort of walk into the family reunion and just say like hey everybody i'm here and then when you leave you make sure that you say goodbye
0: that's funny because i feel like it's a little bit the reverse here i feel like when
1: Uh, you go
2: you can kind of wave and say I'm off. See you later.
1: Hmm, yeah.
2: I feel like we made a joke about this in easy German. Like there's like, you know, it's just like this abrupt, like, so. And right, uh, right. the
0: clapping <laughs> on your knees and saying oh.
2: like, so,
0: ich uh, gehe dann jetzt. <laughs> That's the German way to leave.
1: To exit. Yeah. 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 I think, well, what just struck me was it just took a long time. I think it's very respectful and nice. But I was always like, mm-hmm. man, we're taking like... A few minutes here just to like mm-hmm. greet everyone.
2: So I wonder, like in like the family gatherings that you talk about, are there other people from other countries, or are you kind of the exotic American in the group?
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm the only American for sure. We do have a Swedish family member that's okay. made her way in as well, but the rest of them are all Germans.
2: Because <laughs> I, I wondered if that played a role when it happened to me as well. I felt like in a way I was. Like, this different guest from hmm. all the others, and therefore everybody wanted to, like, I don't know, test my German or see, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, how how am I in this situation? And so I was never sure, like, maybe I just didn't notice whether that happened to everybody else, or I just felt my own experience true. so strongly. Yeah. true
1: you're ob- I tend to observe myself a lot in those family situations. Yeah. What, not wanting to, you know, step on anyone's toes or anything, but also knowing that you are a family so it's okay to, you know, learn. Yes, yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So
0: then bringing something with you, you've already demonstrated that you learned That's how it's done. You brought some chocolate for us. Uh Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess it is true. I mean, it depends a little bit. Yeah, it is good to bring something with you, but it's a little bit less of a must, I feel. Sure. I don't know.
1: Maybe it depends on how close you are with the people. Yeah. If, if, If you plan ahead and say, I'm bringing the wine, you're bringing the cheese, then... Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but bringing flowers never hurts. Bringing some food never hurts. Right. Smoking is fine. How did that make the list? I feel like smoking is not, well, smoking is fine outside.
1: Yeah. Well, I went to a a party with some just like friends, acquaintances recently. And I, I think as an American, I'm always kind of like rolling my eyes about smoking. Um, <laughs> just it, it does kind of bother me and um, I'm still like adjusting to that but at the party it was like no big deal there was maybe like 15-20 people at the party and probably like five of them were outside smoking and I, I think I was outside on the balcony as well and it was like no big deal just to light it up and I think I for some reason that shocked me
0: <laughs> yeah interesting yeah. I think we're like It's not the case anymore that it's just fine to smoke inside. Right. I think when I was at college, there were many parties still where people would just smoke inside. Hmm. And that's definitely changed where now I think everybody who smokes goes to the balcony or outside. Okay. I I don't think there are that many parties anymore where people smoke inside. But outside is fair game. Like outside, like if you happen to also be on the balcony, like...
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: I mean, I, I feel the accept same. I, it. Yeah, smoke bothers me as well. Like, I'm sure. not a smoker, but yeah, I think that's the line. Basically, where outside is fine.
1: Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Always taking off your shoes, big one in Germany. Sure. Or at least always asking. Right. At like, like, because many places. I mean, I ask my guests to take off their shoes if they don't do it automatically. Because why would you wear your shoes inside? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. This yeah. This is.
1: Do you want to? Know that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we we take off our shoes all the time at home. I right. always do it just as a default whenever I go anywhere else. It feels weird to me in our office here for Easy German, Easy right. Languages to leave the shoes on because it's I, like I an apartment. Like, it's a nice place. And, yeah, to walk around from room to room feels a little odd. Um, but within, like, my German family here, like, house shoes are a big thing. You take off your shoes mm. and you put on your house shoes. and
1: They're provided for you. I can't get used to you. that. Yeah, I'm just
2: like... Yeah. Yeah, I just wanna walk around in my socks. Like. <laughs> See, but I I've, I've yeah. never used house shoes in my life. I, okay.
0: but I have oh. I have like for for the colder months of the year I have thicker socks that I then mm-hmm. wear. And sometimes I bring them with me. Like Wait, if I so go, go to, to a party yes. or like a friend and I yeah. know we'll be there for a while and it's December, I will have my socks in my backpack and bring them.
2: And that's not the ones yeah. that you're already wearing in your shoes. No, no, those
0: <laughs> go on top.
1: They're specifically for the house, I okay. guess, for yeah. inside a funny story is that my husband will bring his house shoes with him on a vacation. Even like we recently were on a trip (laughs) and he stuck those house shoes in the suitcase before we left the house. And I found that funny. And when we were living in the U S too, it's not as common to take your shoes off. And so he would ask every single person when he, when they came into the apartment to please take their shoes off. And Mm -hmm. at first I was like, Oh, Isn't that big of a deal, but (laughs) it was important to him. And so that's what we did. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then planning many weeks in advance. That's also very German. Sure. I mean, yeah, we just love to put things on our calendars.
1: I think it's good, though. It makes you actually follow through.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it makes it so that everybody actually, you
2: know, will be there because they knew in advance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do miss the... Spontaneity, though, because we like sure. we know a lot of our neighbors on our street, and we'll see them and be like, "Hey, maybe we can do something this weekend." And I don't know; it rarely happens. That, mm-hmm. So booked already. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
2: <laughs> a few weeks too late for that invite. Yeah.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay. Uh, next point on your list: formality. I uh, notice yeah. most of the letters I receive in the mail always include "Frau" in front of my name, and I was often referred to as "Frau." And then yeah. your last name, I don't right. know if you want to share. Throughout the duration of my meetings at various offices, this feels very formal to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the U.S., I mean, especially like in California and stuff, everybody's just on the first name basis.
1: Yeah, I think what stuck out to me the most was at the doctor's office we mm-hmm. went to. And it was uh, like the doctor was calling me, Frau, and any kind of visa appointment we went to, and it was kind of repeatedly. It wasn't just the first time they met you. It was every single time they addressed you. It was kind of sweet. <laughs> it felt very kind and respectful, but it, it did kind of struck me, strike me a little bit. Just you can just call me Stephanie.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole do versus Z topic, we debated it on Easy German or Trichicks oh, on yeah. Easy German. And there are some general rules and right kind of guidelines. But very often it's such a, you just feel it hmm. thing, you know, like I interview people on the street and I make the decision, like, I don't even think about how will I address this person. It just somehow do feels right and safe or not. Yeah. And it has to do with age, of course, but also with like attire and general, I don't know, like, <laughs> do you feel like that person wants the formal, more respectful Z
2: or... That show. I find this topic actually easier, like out in the public, than I do in the family situations. Um, uh. Because, like in public, I can more easily default to like Z when I'm in doubt. But when like my mother-in-law has like all of her older friends around, mm-hmm. and they're like longtime family friends, and my wife has used do for decades, right. and then I'm suddenly thrown in this mix with these. Older, very formal people, it feels so awkward for me to, like, use do. Like, I feel like I just got jumped into this do situation. Right. Would otherwise very easily be a Z.
0: No, I've definitely been there where, like, for example, as a teenager, I was around my friend's parents all the time, but they never really addressed, like, they like I never really addressed them at all mm-hmm. but then there was a point where I needed to address them and it very much felt like do should be okay since we've spent so much time together but they've never really offered it but z would also seem weird
2: mm-hmm. all of a sudden mm-hmm. and so you kind of try to not even address them at all which is I'm yeah. glad you I'm glad you say this because I do this all the time where I'm like how can I formulate this to avoid <laughs> like any pronoun <laughs> at all like <laughs> right <laughs>
1: interesting yeah. is it okay to just straight up ask
0: I think asking is okay or what you could do in most situations is just do the Z because that faux pas, like calling someone Z, like it happens with Janusz all the time, for example, that we meet people who follow our work and stuff and they address him as Z and he immediately protests and says, please stop. And then it's fine, right? Then you (laughs) have the explicit permission. And maybe that feels a little weird in some situations. But it's so much better than addressing someone with do. There's all these stories where someone uh. addresses someone's mom or grandma or whatever as do, and then that person doesn't forgive them for like the next 10 years, right? Like, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> you, I don't think it happens that often anymore, especially if you're a foreigner. I think people give a lot more leeway, but I would just, defo- if like if you're not sure, just almost aggressively or proactively address them as z to kind of trigger that no no please call me Mm Haika or whatever and then you're fine okay yeah
1: good tip yeah Yeah. okay (laughs)
0: um okay and then the last point before we get to our main uh, topic on your list is the difference between an expat and an immigrant and this is a great i love that you pointed that out because there isn't really. A, it's, there's no difference. It's just that uh, maybe there's like a difference in privilege. Uh, but
1: right,
0: yeah, it's... There's no... You're both immigrants.
1: Yeah. Go right? ahead.
2: We were talking about this actually on one of our recent video shoots with the... um, I think with the summer school participants here for the Easy German Summer School. And there were people from a lot of different countries. And I think there was a a magazine that somebody saw it called Ex-Berliner. Is that a magazine? Um, and I think it's like an expat magazine for expats living in Berlin. Like, uh-huh. it's not people who left Berlin. It's a Berlin magazine uh. from what we... I don't know. <laughs> from what we guessed as we looked at this. But it's brought up the debate, like, yeah. Yeah. what is an expat and what's an immigrant? And we kind of came to that same conclusion that it sounds almost like a privilege thing. Like, totally. what label do you get based on, like... I don't know. Probably like
1: your skin color, skin color, or your country like of origin. Yeah, yep, like yep.
2: Americans and Canadians are expats. But if right. you come from Syria, you're an immigrant. Like it's it right. seems like an unfair, like arbitrary label. And expat, I don't know. It sounds like ah, I have more control. I have more power. I chose to do this. I wasn't hmm. you know, exactly um,
0: hmm. versus immigrant has kind of the connotation that you did it because you were unhappy at the place you were before. So you emigrated or you immigrated to Germany to to seek a better life. Yeah. Which is Mm. the same thing an expat is doing, but I guess yeah, an expat is like, oh if I go back it won't be too bad either. Like Right. (laughs) I don't know. And
1: if you expat means expatriate, right? So it means the same thing as immigrant. Like you've permanently sort of exed out your 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 past, I guess patriotism. I don't know how to describe that. But I think sometimes people say expat means, well, you're going to go back or something. But I think expat actually means no, like you've decided to officially leave. Yeah.
2: I I don't know. This is just my initial feeling when I heard the term years ago was that it was a little bit more official. Like, and that made me wonder too if there was like something you had to do officially to get that label. Like, did you have to Get rid of your citizenship or take on something else. I don't think there's an authority authority that gives you a title. (laughs) I don't have that feeling anymore either. But that was like, you hear this term like expatriate, like ex. That's in the past. Right,
1: right. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think maybe the connotation isn't necessarily that you'll stay forever, but that you're not just doing a year abroad or something. You moved here, you moved your life here, and now you're here. Maybe someday you'll go back, but you don't have any plans currently. Right, right. But immigrant is essentially the same. Right. It's just You that. go
1: to the immigration office to get your visa, right? right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So
0: what's what what are we learning? Like what's basically should we just try to not use the word expat or use it for everybody? Like what's I don't know, how can we make the situation better?
1: I think that would help. Maybe just making the word immigrant the default word yeah yeah
0: because yeah. it's not a dirty word like right immigration has been around since humans have been around and right. i think there's some negative connotations because of racism and things like that but immigration is great like people move and that's wonderful and yeah of course there's problems to be solved like with anything but like immigration yay. yeah yeah
1: yeah I suppose in like the media or news, the term immigration gets thrown a lot, of, thrown around a lot in maybe a negative connotation as well, politi- mm-hmm. politics and such. And so maybe that's where some of that negative right. connotation comes from as well. But yeah.
0: Okay, I'm going to write to these people that make ex-Berliner, Berlin in English since 2002, <laughs> invite them on the show and lobby for them to change their name to. In, Berliner. In, Berliner. <laughs> In
1: Berlin. In Berlin. Berlin.
0: Okay. I like all of these observations. Anything else um, that either of you found interesting or
2: weird moving to Berlin or Germany? So many things. Yeah. This is like a yeah, whole culture shocks episode, then. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. I mean, those, those were my kind of main observations, I yeah. guess. Um yeah.
0: Okay. So then let's talk about the main topic which is the difference or I guess like uh being married to someone from Germany and then what that means for your visa situation and how it's different in the US since you're both from the US. I mean, I'm sure this topic is kind of irrelevant for many people but also very relevant for some people. And share what it was like for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So my husband and I were married in 2018 in the U.S. And so at that time, he was there on a student visa. And um, the student visa was expiring. And so we needed to take another step to continue living in the U.S. So we applied for a green card. Um, Which is, there's really no kind of in-between there between a student visa. There is like a fiancé visa. There's like a TV show, maybe. 90-day fiancé. Anyway, but that didn't (laughs) apply to us. We were already married. Um, And the green card process is pretty complicated. There's like a number of forms. I had to be like a sponsor for my husband and fill out a form. Let me check my notes here. Um, and so there were two main forms that we had to complete. They were about ten pages each. Um, and the first form we had to pay five hundred and thirty-five U.S. dollars for the for this form to be processed. And then the second form was one thousand. 225 U.S. dollars. So in total, that's about $1,700.
0: So that was after you already got married, right. which also cost money. right? And this was basically to ask the state, now that you're married, to have a green card, i.e. a visa right. for your
1: husband. Right. So essentially, he was adjusting his status from student visa to permanent residence resident in the US. Right. And so in addition to these forms, we also he had to go drive um about 2 hours um each way to do a biometric appointment <laughs> mm-hmm. where essentially he drove 2 hours and scanned his thumb and then drove 2 hours back.
0: All, all the, all ten fingers, and they keep those <laughs> records forever. Yeah, even if you're just visiting as a tourist, the U.S. Yeah. takes all ten fingers and saves them for twenty years. Oh. Even if you just have a layover
2: in the U.S., I think, or depends. a little If bit. you have to go through the, yeah, if you need a visa, huh. yeah,
1: I it's what crazy. That archive is like
2: I know. It, <laughs> I have this. So the cost that you just mentioned was yeah. that just the form. Um, submission cost, and did you use an attorney or did you do it all yourself? Because so, it is complex.
1: Yeah, we decided not to get an attorney, which was it's just also a risk. Um, we had some friends that did and probably paid at least three thousand dollars for the attorney, it can easily add up. Um, so we took the risk, we're like, we're smart people, we can figure this out. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we paid that sent the forms he had to drive twice for biometric appointment, and then they send you um a appointment for an interview, um which is essentially to prove that you're in love, that you're married. Um we had to compile a lot of evidence, um so proof that we live together, photos, um, just like, bank statements how we made money a, a bunch of things and then we had to drive three hours to that appointment and we waited a while and then you go into this office and it's very scary <laughs> you know if you've ever traveled to the U.S. through U.S. customs it's it's a different feeling <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know the the agents are always a little bit more intense mm-hmm. um So it was like that, the guy asked us like, so how did you meet and where did you go on your honeymoon and how did you get to your honeymoon? And we kind of like had to answer all these very personal private questions and, um, yeah. And so it was very nerve wracking and we actually had a hiccup because we had traveled during the time between mailing in our forms and, um, the interview And we were worried that that would have messed up the whole thing and we would have had to start all over and pay all over again. Thankfully, they figured it out and he got the green card. Um, But it took about, I don't know, five months? Five months from the interview to get the card. Um, So, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, before you tell us how, how much easier... All of this is in Germany. <laughs> you, This whole process of proving that it is not a fake marriage and that you're actually uh, in love or whatever. Hmm. Germany also does that, except it's done at the point where you marry. Like once you're married, you're married, no questions asked, it's on paper, it's official. But mari- like a marriage between two Germans is just a matter of getting an appointment. But if a German wants to marry a non-German or non-EU citizen, I guess, um, they make you do the same thing in Germany. In other EU countries, it's much easier, like in Denmark. But in Germany, also depends on the city a little bit, I think. But they will also ask for documentation of your relationship, photos, things like that. And so you essentially have to prove that you're in love, even though between Germans, you can marry for tax reasons and
2: it's fine.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: That is interesting because then, yeah, both of our <laughs> situation is we got married in the States, right? You, you were yeah, married right. in the States? Yeah. yeah, I was too. And there it's, you know, we have drive throughs where you can get that done. And right, yes. once you're anything. married, you're married. <laughs> so you right. can
0: get married. And then, well, if you marry outside of the EU,
2: that's what I mean, You yeah.
0: th- then still have to get that marriage approved somehow in Germany, I think.
1: Yeah, but, so that reminds me kind of... Um, Maybe this transitions a little. One thing we were required to have was an apostille. Mm-hmm. Did you have to have this for your marriage certificate?
2: I remember, I don't I don't remember the details, and I don't remember that word in particular, but we did have to do, for basically every important life document we had in the States, we had to get it, you know, officially recognized here and translated. Like, right. we have uh, right. two daughters, we okay. have birth certificates, you know, right. officially documented here, our marriage right, license certificate as well. So right. maybe that's this process, and I just don't remember the name.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, um, so maybe I'll transition now to talk yes. about our German experience. Um, so probably the most difficult thing, like, with anything is getting an appointment at the, mm-hmm. um, Auslander beholder Yes. Um, So, as soon as I knew that we were moving here, I started looking for appointments every day. <laughs>
0: Wait, why did you have to do this? Isn't that normally the role of the German spouse, dealing, <laughs> dealing with the appointments?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just dove right in. I wanted to okay. do it, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I should have had him do it, then I wouldn't worry about it, but... Anyway, I looked into it. I was kind of interested because Mm -hmm. we had all this stuff in the U.S. to do. And I was like, it's going to be easier in Germany. So, Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so we, um, I got an appointment just on a random day. Um, And as a U.S. citizen, you can enter Germany for three months, um, no problem. So, the appointment was within those three months. and. We had to have an Ammeldung, so our registration. I had to have an A1 German level certificate. Mm -hmm. And um, our marriage certificate and then the apostille to sort of prove that your marriage certificate was right. Um, And then your passport, photos, your spouse has to come with you. And then ours was 120 euros. (laughs) Right, um, so I will say the first time we went, we um <laughs> the first time we went, we I didn't have some of the right information. I didn't have the apostille. I had filled out a wrong form. um, I got my a one certificate that morning on the train to the <laughs> to the office it was a little stressful um, and I was very worried because I. Grew, grew up in the U.S. and all of the sort of, you know, agents, immigration officers were very strict and mean. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have the wrong form. I'm gonna <laughs> be deported or something. Like, I, I was really, in handcuffs. I was really concerned, you know, I was like, I messed up. I don't have the right stuff. And I've, I'm almost here three months. And, and the agent, at least to me, I've heard, some people don't have good experiences was very kind it's like oh it's no big deal let me print off the correct form for you and let me reschedule you an appointment Um, he explained what the apostille was and he was like next time just bring these two things and you'll be good to go
0: oh my god it's so great (laughs) to hear a positive story (laughs) Of the Ausländerbehörde, <laughs> obviously there are good yeah. people everywhere, Yeah, and you got lucky. And I think, I mean, the bad experiences also—maybe they're not even the majority. Maybe they just stick out like a Thor's thumb, you know, where right. they're so terrible and you feel so sorry. But that's yeah. great—you actually experienced service.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> your and, husband
0: is pro- protesting.
1: Oh, <laughs> what do you want to share? Can I just add one thing: the like, fiction, especially the. Oh, yeah. So, because I had the wrong information, they still gave me a temporary um, kind of ID, visa, oh. fictions, bescheidigung. Oh. Yeah.
0: So, so, basically, you didn't leave empty hem- empty-handed. They were like, well, correct. you didn't get the right thing, but you're here, and we can tell that you're trying, so here's something temporary.
1: Right. And that, I could even travel with that as well, wow. if I needed to. We didn't, but... Um yeah so that was good and then the second appointment came around we had everything ready to go we had a different agent but he was also very kind um he even spoke a bit of english to me um
0: hello welcome to germany yeah
1: <laughs> and um yeah it was i had an okay experience um and it was very it was a lot cheaper i will say so 120 euros for the actual visa, but then we did have to pay for the apostille, the translations, and then I took a, a Goethe Institute exam, which was about 120 euros. So, in total, oh, and I also took a Goethe Institute class, which was very expensive. Mm-hmm. So, according to my calculations in Germany with class, translations, et cetera, is about 720 euros. Um, right.
0: But if you already spoke German, you just needed to take a quick test exactly. and you, for some reason, have a marriage certificate that's already certified or right. has the apostille. Right. 120 euros. The most difficult part is getting the appointment.
1: Right. Definitely.
0: And then they mail you a plastic card and then now you're a resident.
1: And now I'm free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so basically with that Aufenthalstitel that you have now. You can't vote. Right. And what else can you do?
1: So I've heard conflicting things. Um, some people have told me I can sign um, what do you call it? Like uh What's they called? Like climate neutral forms, or like if people come up to you and like oh, we want to yeah, support like,
2: um, when they're gathering signatures. Oh, for signatures. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, you, that you, I don't think you can.
1: I've heard conflicting maybe things.
0: Maybe it depends on the kind of petition. Like some things, petition. you just have to be yeah. like a resident in the, of the city, and some things, you have to be a German citizen.
1: Right. Yeah. So, so, I've signed some of those things, and
0: they check them. They check. Okay, them. you can sign them because they actually like the reason you have to put the address and everything is because someone actually types in every single address and checks mm, wow. if, okay. every vo- if every vote is okay. eligible. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, um, but I can work. I can travel, s- travel study.
0: And is there, because in the US, when you get a green card, at least the green card lottery, which is another thing, but where you can essentially win a green card, it's right. like, it's indefinite unless you leave for like longer than six months at a yeah. time. Is there something like right. that for you as well? No, you can probably
1: take
2: I... off for two years and then come back. And With you... the Alphenholtz title? Yeah. That's a good question. If like, I mean, you have to be registered here. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's connected to like a registration requirement. Like if you don't live in Germany for more than six months out of a year, are you automatically... Would you then have to reapply for that title? Or is Perhaps. it valid?
1: I know mine expires in three years mm-hmm. so and then perhaps, then you
0: get an indefinite one i think yeah after three years you can go
2: back and then you get one that never expires right 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 i think so but my understanding is that does like once you get that indefinite one if you decide to move back to the states and you deregister here then it goes away oh really? like, yeah you don't it's not like you now have this card for life i think it is connected to be being here. registered here yeah
1: that makes sense, I guess, yeah, because, yeah, my husband did end up giving up his green card in order for us to move here, right. and so perhaps you can't be dual registered in u s and Germany. yeah,
2: that's like so many so many laws, specifically tax laws, right like where's your residence, and that's usually right. often defined as like six months in a day, like where do you spend your year mm-hmm for the most part, right, yeah,
1: yeah, tax <laughs> <Taxes.
2: laughs> uh, so Chris, was yeah. the experience the same for you, yeah, similar in a lot of ways, but also a couple differences that I noticed, so on the u s side um i was I would have been too terrified to try to do those forms by myself, like you guys did because <laughs> it is complex, and you have this like fear that like okay this this form costs five hundred this form costs $1,200. And you might just get back some really, like, Mm -hmm. non-specific, you don't qualify, try again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, great, I'll I'll apply again with another $1,200. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we were lucky because my wife was already in the States uh, for work. And so her company had sponsored her work visa, and that could last up to three years. I think it's like initially two years, plus it can get extended. So in that time where she was there we met and we got married towards the end of that 3 year um visa work visa that she had and then her company could have sponsored her further in a way somehow to like get like a permanent resident status not just the work visa but they were like oh now she's married like this is an even easier avenue so their law firm was like we'll do this for you like we're excited we're so saving money. Great. <laughs> yeah, they were saving money, and then we saved money because we had attorneys doing it for us that we didn't have to pay for. Yeah, but we got this kind of explanation letter from HR that was like the value you received of getting this <sighs> done is taxable. Is like it wasn't taxable oh, okay. that I know of, but they but it was basically this uh, depreciation schedule. Like we we gave you like I think it was like three thousand something worth of services and. as the years go by and my wife works at that job, that gets reduced. So if she quit the next day, we would have to pay them that amount. amount.
0: Only if you stay at the company. If she
2: stayed another year, it was reduced. And and she ended up staying long enough that it was... Completely reduced. I had a
0: relocation allowance like that once where Mm. it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll pay like 7,000 euros for your relocation. But if you quit on us the day after, you'll have to pay it back. If you quit six months after, you have to pay 25% back a year after 50. And like only if you stay for another two years, you get to fully keep that relocation allowance. Yeah. Smart, smart. Companies are smart.
2: Yeah. So that that was a really nice experience for us. But yeah, all these appointments with the interview, like, I mean, we had just this binder filled with like yeah. photos of us. In I mean, the US. We had, yeah. yeah, we had a kid already together. We had a house together. Like right. we had. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to be nervous, but you're still nervous in these situations. Do you and believe like, me? We're in love. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> we never fight. We promise. <laughs> yeah,
1: and <laughs> yeah. we practiced for the interview. I don't know if you did. We watched YouTube videos and we're like, sometimes it's okay if you answer a question wrong because it just means that you're like chill and relax and it's like you didn't memorize your answers
2: yeah yeah that makes sense i I think that's my (laughs) it's so
0: degrading Uh, yeah
2: it is a totally different experience than the than the german side for sure and like so yeah we had everything translated but but
0: i just want to reiterate reiterate, i think germany does the same thing they just do it when you marry not when you get the visa
2: yeah it's weird that we somehow skipped this I I feel like I skipped this process somehow. But I think there's some... check,
1: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loophole. Yeah,
0: I got snuck through. (laughs) But I think it has something to do with, like, you know how the U.S. is all about liberty and stuff. And, like, the state can't interfere with the process of getting married. Like, there's the whole point of you go to Las Vegas and you marry, and, like, it would be very un-American if someone is there asking you to prove your love. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So America only does it once it gets real and you want to stay. Whereas in Germany, no. Like, everything in order. Like, before yeah. we even let you marry, you yeah. prove to us that you're in love. Unless you're German, then you can marry for any reason. But if you want to marry an immigrant mm-hmm. or expat,
2: prove your love first. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: Makes sense. Um, yeah, on the US side, I think everything else sounded pretty similar. Okay, Um, But then the way that we moved to Germany was we flew over first, actually. The reason we came was my father-in-law had a bad diagnosis of cancer. So we were like on a flight right away, landed here, and we knew we were going to stay. We had talked about moving to Germany for a while, and this was just like the thing that made it happen right away. And so I was basically here just on the three months. But zero planning from stateside as mm, far as like yeah. looking at appointments or anything. So we landed here, um, got registered and yeah, knew I had to do this um, you know, Auslandsbehörde appointment. So got that on the calendar. Um and that process was like the easiest like experience ever. We had I don't I don't even remember having much of a problem getting a, an appointment, but I live outside of Berlin yeah technically i'm like on the border uh, okay. and so i had to go way far away to vera oh. which is on the other side of potsdam yeah so it's brandenburg yeah, yeah it's
0: brandenburg yeah. so wow. um not that many foreigners there so and also never <laughs> heard is just
2: twiddling their thumbs yeah <laughs> oh finally we yeah. have someone who <laughs>
1: come right in <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly and yeah i remember the you know i was nervous like thinking oh, i gotta really be on my on top of my deutsch game today like yeah, yeah. and um my wife was there to help of course but uh yeah we had a form that we had filled out and had to fill out some more things i don't know if we didn't have it's kind of a similar situation like maybe it was the wrong form but we needed to fill something out but the lady was just super nice like she just seemed like like her mood switched when we walked in which i feel also could be like a very unfair treatment in this because like Hmm. there were people there were other people waiting for appointments that might have been labeled immigrants and Hmm. then here comes an expat into the office and like she just like lit up and was so like happy and easygoing and it was like fill out this form but you can do it like i don't know take your time like and then like 100 euros and mine was 100 euros okay uh, maybe they've increased it In there's a discount for brandenburg (laughs) (laughs) brandenburg discount yeah and uh yeah so just it just felt like the total opposite of the u s experience it was like one form. Mm-hmm. we had our like binder full of translated documents that we didn't need whatsoever, uh-huh. and then hundred euros done. yeah,
1: that's interesting. I think it, it's a good point to point out that we're both Americans and walked in and like um, I don't know, I had a university background. I don't know if you do as well, but I think yeah, I think maybe that. Definitely impacted my experience for sure, and I yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) I also didn't have to have. I don't have a certificate for my German, so I don't know.
1: Well, I've heard that if you can converse with the agent without a problem, then they will. Right, because A1 is such a
0: low bar that like having to prove that is almost.
1: And I was pretty fresh to my German learning when we moved here, (laughs) so I was like, sign me up for immersive. Good to that, institute class and yeah. let me take this test. And, that
2: would be stressful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> With the, like that kind of appointment <laughs> as your goal, like, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. This is my
2: test. Yeah. Right.
1: And it, it was interesting too. My appointment was around March. And so that was pretty recent after the Ukraine war and such. And so they had just started kind of having systems in place, I think, for Ukrainian refugees. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of interesting to observe who else was in the the waiting room with me. And I think the process
0: is definitely definitely different if you come under different circumstances.
1: Right, for sure.